worthy one to open the scroll break the seal worthy one to open the scroll break the seal worthy one to open the scroll break the seal worthy one to open the scroll break the seal worthy one to open the scroll break the seal worthy one to open the scroll break the seal worthy one to open the scroll break the seal worthy one blessing and honor glory and power unto the lamb sits on the throne Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. A blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. A blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. A blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. A blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb. Sits on the throne, blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the throne. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the Lamb who sits on the Sit on the throne, only you, only you, only you. 
sit on the throne. You sit on the throne. There's no one else worthy to sit on the throne. To sit on the throne. No one else is worthy to sit on the throne. To sit on the throne. No one else is worthy to sit on the throne. To sit on the throne. Sit on the throne. To sit on the throne. No one else is worthy to sit on the throne. Right here. No one else is worthy to sit on the throne of your heart. To sit on the throne. Come sit on the throne. Come sit on the throne. Come sit on the throne. Right now, I feel like if I thought I could do it, I would take off my shoes because we're standing in holy ground. I feel them. I don't know if you all feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, but I feel them like a, a wave. A wave is just rolling across this, this place because we have people with hungry hearts, people with pure hearts, 
people who want to see our God raised up high. So, like I said, if I could, I would, because I feel like this is holy. I think, I mean, if you guys have needs or healing, I just feel like God's here. Just get ready. Just do it. You know, I want to add to that. Somebody in here is hurting. Okay? Somebody in here is hurting. I just feel it. Somebody in here is hurting. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing this song again. Because listen to me. Whoever in this room is hurting the most, I want you to hear me. You, who, who are you? You're the one. And you, you would say, yeah, it could be me. You who have the least reason to worship. You who have the least, you say, you don't know what's going on in my life. You have a God that loves you and a God that cares that does. Who is it in this room? Who in this room would say, I, I have the least reason to worship God if you knew what's going on in my life? I have the least reason to worship. You don't, you don't have to raise it. You know who you are. I got two things for you. One, you have a God that cares. But two is a, is a wisdom that took me years to figure out. I, I can't express this enough. You've heard me say it. Some of you, you're going to hear me say it again and again. When worship is the most difficult is when worship is the most powerful. The person in this room who has the least reason to worship God has the most potential to touch the heart of God. We're going we're gonna to sing this song again, and if you were that one I was talking to, we're going to sing it again. And in this time... <laughs> worship him knowing he loves you he cares about you he knows you're hurting this is what he's saying to do Let, let's get back in this song start it again start it again I, he knows you're hurting come on now come on now when worship's difficult is when worship is powerful when worship is difficult is when worship is the most significant don't ever miss an opportunity
open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. To open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. To open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. Open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. To open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. To open the scroll, break the seal, worthy him you give him access into your heart so when you're struggling with stuff this is what Jeff was talking about when you're struggling with stuff when you worship him he comes in and wrecks your world he's the only one that can do that there's nothing else out there that can do that you can't get it from drugs you can't get it from somebody you can't get it from anything but him it's that important you release it to him no matter what you're dealing with no matter what's going on you surrender to him. And if you surrender it to him, he'll clear it all up. He'll clear it all up. And it happens over and over again. It happens when you surrender. Jazzy, 
I think it's time. I want Jazzy to share a little bit while we're in this. Let the Holy Ghost move. I want Jazzy to share a little bit about how good, how good he is. So last week I felt like I was supposed to come up here at one point and then I prayed with someone and I'm like, okay, maybe that was it. But it was not it. Um, many people would not be able to look at me today and believe that I dealt with depression. And when I say dealt with depression, I'm talking about depression to the point of suicidal thoughts and not just suicidal thoughts, suicidal attempts. Um, but it was relinquishing the control that I thought I had over my life. It was taking God at his word and saying, you know what, when I read your word and I didn't want to read it because I was living outside of his will and I knew I was living outside of his will, but I still knew of his promises. And I'm like, I want your promises, God. I want your promises, but his promises come with prerequisites. And part of that is, is living way, the way he wants us to live, but part of it is also receiving. One of the songs today said we had to receive what he was giving us. I had to receive his love. I felt like I was the one that could not be loved by God because of how I had lived, because of the things I did. People saw me and they all, it didn't matter how I was living, people thought I was such a great person. And I'm like, you have no idea what a lie that is. I'm so broken, I'm so dirty, I'm so all of these things that how could you tell me I'm a good person? But then I allowed God to have full access to my life. I said, you know what? I don't want any relationship but the relationship with him. I don't want any person or anything more than I want my God. And you know what, God, you say that I'm lovable. You say that I am loved. You say that I am worthy. And so, Father God, I am worthy. Does that mean that depression doesn't try to sneak back in? Oh, it tries. Oh, it tries. But the word of God says to take captive every single thought that would exalt itself against the name of God. And so any time it tries to slither its way back in, and it will, but you have the authority, you have the power by the most high God to say, no, you don't have a right to me. Jesus is enthroned on my heart, not depression, not suicide. Jesus is enthroned on my heart. He loves me. I am not, hey, there's nobody in here. There's not a single person in here who's too low, who is too broken, that God cannot heal. You are not the only one. And I tell you this, you are not the only one who is experiencing what you are experiencing. You are not the only one who has experienced it, but there are victories in this house today, one of which is mine. There are victories in this house today, and as children of the Most High God, brothers and sisters, we ought to share in those victories with one another that we may all be overcomers in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah! Come on, let's get loud in here. Come on, let's give it up for a good God. Come on, let's give him what he deserves in the house. If he can do it for her, he can do it for you. And if he can do it for you, he can do it for you. It just takes a surrender in your heart. Oh, holy. Yes, only you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, we thank you, Lord. And we love you. We worship you this morning. Come on. We worship you this morning, Lord. Oh, we surrender to you. Give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, Destiny. We all said amen. Come on, one last time. Woo! Yes, Lord.
Well, hey, we're going we're gonna to change this up a little bit. We're gonna, I, want, I want to take a break, and, and we're going to move on. I want music playing, but as we do our meet and greet, it's also going to be an awesome time for giving. So, look, as the Holy Spirit's moving, I want, I want you to continue to worship God. That's part of what we do. We worship Him. Uh, we worship Him with our tithe and our offering. So the ushers will be up here. You can give online. You can, you can give you know, on, on text to give, whatever that is. Um, here's the thing. Just use this opportunity to give. Let me pray over offering. Father, we love you. We thank you. Father, we worship you. We worship you now, Father God, with our giving because we thank you. You are so holy and so worthy of it, Lord. So we just thank you, Father. Bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. Come on. We'll be right back, y'all.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. Boy, you can tell people are back in the house because everybody's talking. But now it's my turn. No. <laughs> so good. So good. Hey. I just love getting everybody's attention. How's everybody doing this morning? <laughs> I'll tell you, I love our family, man. I love the fact that, that we will stand around and fellowship and catch up. That's what it's all about, y'all. That's why this is family. This is not a place you just come on Sunday and forget about us throughout the week. So um, that's what makes this family. So welcome, 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 welcome. Well, hey, if you, you are new here or haven't been in a while, I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church, and we love y'all because this is what it's all about, man. We get to come in and pray and worship and be together. So, uh, man, God's so good. So I'm excited to see everyone this morning. And for those that are watching online, we still have people that are sick. You know, if you didn't know, we've been, it's been on and off with people in the church. So keep praying for everybody. We've got people online that, that are still sick, and, and they keep reaching out to us, and that's fine because we know they're healthy. And look, if you don't feel good, don't come to church. Because we're feeling good. We don't want what you got. We want to pray for you. And then when you get healthy, come to church. Because <laughs> we want to see you too. So, uh, but I'm a hugger. So if you come in sick and I hug you, then I get sick and it's all over with. Because I'm not going to stop. So uh, come on. Uh, that's exciting. So if you are new here, fill out the Connect card for us. Uh, there's a connection card. That's all about, uh, it's about you. So that card's all about you. But if you fill it out, we'll tell you all about us. Okay, because that's kind of important. We get to reach out to you, send you a letter, talk to you, um, talk to you about the church, pray for you. That's huge. Because we, we know that if you're, if you're searching for a home, then there's probably prayer involved in that. And we want to be praying for you. We want to we do what we can to, to get you information about Destiny Church. Fill that out. And if you want to go seek your own information, download our app. That's so important that you download the app. It has all the up-to-date information. So as you've been out and as people are out, if you're online, go on and download the app. That's the updated stuff all the time. Sometimes Facebook goes down so you can't watch our message. But you can watch it on the app. Okay? So... So it's important that you get that, and all the notifications that go out, if we cancel something or do something or reminders, goes out on the app, and it'll push it right across your phone. So please download that. Uh, it's so important. And then uh, I, would, I do want to talk about next steps, uh, which is our discipleship process. And, man, how was it this morning? Where's Kevin at? I lost Kevin. Where'd he go? Kevin and Crystal taught this morning. Um, they were teaching the, uh, the uh, tithing this morning, right? Did anybody go to that in here? How was it? Good stuff, huh? 
Money. What it is is a discipleship process. It's called Next Step. So once you give your heart to Christ, once, once that's what you decide and, and you come be part of the family, there's so many little things that help you grow. So many little things that, yeah, that, that are taught that, that we need to equip you with, which is knowledge and wisdom. And we can't always do it from up here, but that's a more repetitive sequence where you can get those things. Okay, so this, this week was that. Next week is an in, in-depth Bible study with Daniel. Where are you at, Daniel? In case you don't know where Daniel is, he's probably out in the foyer, but he's teaching that. So uh, we've done, we've done um, different types of Bible study. This is a way for you to actually start breaking the Bible down, and it takes you deeper. So if you want to know how to do that, that's the one you want to be at. Show up at 9 o'clock. It's in the trailer. 9 o'clock every Sunday, we have something going on. That's the, that's the list up there uh, in case you want that. That's so important. Uh, I'm excited to say that our small groups are starting back up at the end of February. Come on, who's excited about small groups? I love big groups, so I'm sorry. I'm a big group guy, but I do love small groups because it gets you focused. It gets attention. Uh, you know, you get to gather for certain things. You know, I'm going to keep plugging mine, God, Guns, and Gravy. Absolutely love it. So if you want to know more about God, about guns, shoot some guns and eat some good food at my house, that's what we're going to do. So that one will be open in the spring. But here's the thing. It could be anything like that. If God's speaking to you, it's so important you, you answer that call. You say yes. Yes is so important. If he's putting something on your heart to lead a group, you need to lead it. How many times are you going to sit there? How many seasons are you going to sit there where he says, do this? And you're like, ah, not this time. I got too much going on. He's not looking for I got too much going on. He says prioritize. And he needs to be a priority in what you're doing. Because you're, what you're doing when you do this, when you lead these, when you get involved in small groups, man, you're changing lives. Okay, you might come together to shoot guns, but what you're doing while you're together is you're becoming family and you're praying for each other. And, and, and we're talking about the Bible, so you're getting some instruction, you're getting some teaching. But it's so important we do that. Um, so please, if you want to, it started at the end of February. Reach out to us. Let us know that, uh, that you are interested in, in running a small group. Uh, we have Rich and Ann here. I'm just going to wave to them. <laughs> They're back from their daughter getting married, so that's awesome. And they do an amazing job leading that, and, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, and their daughter just got married, and, and there's another awesome announcement in the church this morning. We got, we got a newly engaged couple in the back. Come on. Man. I love it when family comes together and gets married. It sounds weird, doesn't it? <laughs> just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> Man, I told you guys like last week, I'm sarcastic and sometimes I need a filter in what I say. But that's how it is. I, I love their story and one day they'll be able to share a story uh, on what God's doing in their life and how they met and how they met in, in, in a family atmosphere, which, which is Destiny Church. So I love that. Um, also, if you are uh, either getting ready to get married, been married for a while, thinking about marriage, um, just got married, whatever it is. Uh, XO conference is coming up. Come on, this is on the 11th and 12th. We're excited about this. Please sign up online. Let us know the 6th. So next Sunday is the last day. If you don't sign up by next Sunday, you can't come. It's important because we got to order food and tables. And, man, this place turns into a banquet hall. So it takes a lot of stuff to put it together. So I'm going to need you to sign up if that's what you want to do. Um, please sign up online. You can find all that information on the app or on our website. Um, so that's on, I mean, this is so good and I'm not going to play the video this time, but man, this is what this is, is if you hadn't heard about it, it is two days, a Friday night and a Saturday and we're live streaming in. So it's a simulcast, uh, with Jimmy Evans and Karen Evans, and they have all kind of guest speakers and it's powerful. It starts moving. You need to invest in your marriage. 
You really need to. You can't sit back and let, put it on cruise control and say it's going to be okay because it won't. You know, because there's hills. You ever been in cruise control and you start going up a hill? What happens? Yep, it slows down. It slows down and you get frustrated. Or our new cars that are on cruise control and you just get too close to somebody. And you're like, why does it feel like the world's going so slow? It slows you down. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I was going 75. Now I'm going 65 because there's a car in front of me. And I didn't do anything. So get off cruise control. Invest in your marriage. This is so powerful. Um, so be here. Like I said, even if you, you're single and you're like, well, I need to know what this is supposed to look like. This is great. So, so get plugged into it. Um, also, next Sunday, a big Sunday, it's Baptism Sunday, y'all. Uh, we're excited about that. But if you want to get baptized, you need to let us know. Okay, because I'm a good person of stewardship. <laughs> and if we don't have anybody signed up, chances are I'm not filling up 750 gallons of water. I love y'all. We'll just wait till next month. <laughs> But what I love about it is when we do, even if it's one, I'll fill it up for one person. It's that important. But if, you, but if, you, if no one says that, then I'm just not going to fill it up and sit around praying. I do that anyway. When we get one person I pray, we usually get five. Okay, so, um, but, but it's definitely good. So that's next Sunday, so please let us know. You need to sign up fast. Um, and the last thing I want to mention was yesterday we had an amazing turnout for our prayer breakfast. Come on, let's give it up. Jeff and Pam, uh, man, what an amazing job. I love you guys. And, and way to come with a vision and, and put that out there. Not only just a vision, it was awesome. Like, like we got to pray. We, we, you, know, you know why it was so powerful this morning? We started praying for it yesterday. We didn't start yesterday. We actually started on Monday. We prayed throughout the week. But yesterday was a kickstart. Man, we got, we got to come in as a family eat together, fellowship, hear a vision about prayer teams and what that's going to look like, and then, then man, just seek God together. Um, so it was powerful. So I thank you guys for heading that up. I appreciate you all. What a, what a great job. So I'm looking forward to that. That's not our last one. That really seems like it should be something that happens more often. So um, just letting you know, be prepared. That's how this works, y'all. Like, sorry, if you do something good, I'm going to ask you to do it again. <laughs> that's a military thing. You, you learn to miss some steps every once in a while. <laughs> People are like, hey, don't ask him to do it. He missed something last time. So, so this is really good. So I'm excited about that. I want to pray for service, and we're going to jump right in because I got some really good information today, and I want to get it all to you. So, Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for your presence today. I thank you for everybody here. We thank you for everybody watching online, Lord. Father, I ask you to touch them. Father, move in their lives. Father, touch my heart right now. Let this be all of you, none of me. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on. Um, I am so excited because, you know, I do this probably once a year. There's not many things that are, this isn't planned out, but there's not many things that I like to repetitively talk about all the time. But I believe we need to be invested in this. Relationships are one of those things that, I'm sorry, you need to hear it all the time. You need to hear it all the time. It's that important in your life that it has to be an ongoing, um, this, this, is that, this is that remedial training. We talked about this in the beginning. In the military, you had initial training, and then every year you got a remedial training, which meant you, you went back in or, you, or you, you went back in and got your training you needed. Okay, so it's not even remedial. It was whatever, every year. <laughs> this is your training every year, annual training, whatever we want to call it. I've been out way too long now. But, but here's what we're doing. We've been in this series, and it's called Connected. Uh, we've been talking about this, all about who we connected to. This isn't just about marriage. This is, this is about all kinds of relationships. Okay, so, so who are you more connected to? Where is your connection going the most? Where's your priority in your life right now? Because your priority is usually to who you're connected to. 
So wherever the strongest single is, signal is, we tend to, to, try, to try to log into that. We try to tie into that. Um, so, so being connected in relationships is so, so important. So I'm asking you this morning, how is that relationship? Look, if you're connected with babies, that's awesome. We need a lot more people that are connected to babies to serve in a children's ministry. So if, you, if that's you, if you're connected with babies, we have plenty of opportunities. Uh, she was my best screamer today. <laughs> yes. Somebody was liking what I was talking about. When I said relationships, she got into it. Come on. That's what I love. But, man, connections are everything, everything, everything. Uh, you know, it's never, it's never what you know, it's who you know. Isn't that how life is? Sometimes there's things you need, and, and you don't know anything about it, but then you run into somebody you know, and they're like, oh, man, I know how to do that. I'll take care of it. And you're just like, how'd that happen? Well, because you knew the right person. And that's what this is. It's, it's not about what you know. It's who you know. When you're connected with God, and that's the priority, then, then, then he starts bringing things together. He starts doing things that, that need to be done. So it's all about those relationships in our life. So we're going to hit them all, but just not today. You know, as we walked into this new year, what I've asked you to do is start evaluating your relationships. What, what are those relationships that you need to sever? Which ones are just not good? Which ones have you been dealing with for a long time, and you just never had the courage or the power to say, I'm done with it. I'm done crossing off the list. And what relationships are out there that you're like, this is so good. I've never had the time to invest more into it. And now I need to. And what you're going to do is you're going to make room because you're going to prioritize. You're going to get rid of these and invest in these. Okay, so that's how we do that every year. I need you to invest and look at your relationships. So last week we, we started, you know, we actually started a couple weeks ago. We, we, this was dating this what this was. This was single and dating first. And then, and then last week we started talking about marriage and I just got into it and then we just never stopped talking about it and then I never finished. So today you're going to get some marriage. Um, I'm going to rehash some stuff uh, and then we're going to jump into some more stuff. But this is the, if you want to know what this is, this is our relationship triangle. It's really good. Can everybody see that now? Um, I want to make sure you can see it. It's so important because this spiritual, this is not just, you know, I cover this usually when I'm talking about dating. Uh, and singleness and what that's like, but this applies to everyday life. This applies to, to your relationships in your marriage or when you're single, but it all starts with this spiritual foundation. So if you're married, it all starts with a spiritual foundation. It might not have started that way. Ours didn't. <laughs> no spiritual connection there. So it might not have started that way, but, but we can finish it that way. And that, that's the cool part is that you can start at any time and start shifting and say, I'm going to put a spiritual foundation into my marriage. I'm going to put a spiritual foundation in my relationship. Why? Because look at the size of it. It can handle all this stuff. It can handle all the social stuff and interpersonal stuff and emotional stuff. It can handle the winky emoji. Versus people that have been here for a long time understand what the winky emoji is. It's what you get when you're married. There you go. There's your story. It's the winky emoji. That's why you get married. No, <laughs> but marriage, wedding, wedding, winky emoji. That's how that works. So that's so important, right? But, but here's the thing. We have another triangle now that we built last week. Um, and this is important, too, because when we're married, you have a new triangle. This is the H stands for husband, the W is wife, and then God. If they're equal distance. Okay, so I love this triangle because what it is is as, as the husband and the wife seek God together, they draw closer together. So as you seek him, you draw closer. But look, if just the husband seeks God, 
you're just the same distance away from your wife or vice versa. It takes two. You both have to seek together. When you do that, you draw closer to each other and you draw, draw closer to him. So we kind of jumped into that last week, which I really like. I'm figuring out my microphone now. I got it. I jump around too much and it, my shirt pulls my cord down. Bear with me. I'm going to have something hanging out the back of my shirt. All right. But this is it. So, so I want to focus on a relationship with him because that's more important than anything else, especially in a relationship. So we jumped into it last week. We, uh, we talked about marriage having the same vision, going in the same direction. You have to have the same goals. All that was last week. You know, just like you're going in one direction here, seeking God, you should have one direction in your marriage. All right, we talked about that. So and we also talked about uh, two people moving together as one. And that could have been in a three-legged race. It could have been in any of those situations. But you have to be together. You, you can't be moving separately. You have to be on the same page. Okay, two people becoming one. So we talked last week about marriage's work. W-O-R-K. And this is important. That's why I restate it. Marriage is work. If you're not willing to work, don't get married. Marriage is not the answer to all your problems. Okay, marriage is work and marriage is also love. Marriage is love. You, and, and, and it's not, you know, love is not what you have before you get married. That's lust. Marriage is love. When you get married and you start dealing with everything that you have to do and you realize that, Man, you can't go nowhere because you're married. <laughs> now you have to deal with it. And when you deal with it, you learn to love people. So you don't fall in love and then get married. You fall in lust. Decide that this person's kind of cool. I should spend the rest of my life with them. <laughs> then you get married and you're like, well, now I love you. <laughs> because we're never breaking up. <laughs> That's the goal. So when you can't run away, you got to fix it. Okay, and, and that's so important because love will get you through everything. That's why marriage is an example of love. Love will get you through everything. Jules and I, look, we have a great marriage, but it can get a whole lot better. So it doesn't matter how good your marriage is. It didn't start that way. We, we've, we went through all kinds of stuff. Like, like it didn't start that way. We had to at some point go, wow, this guy should be first. And when we did that, it shifted everything in our lives. Okay, it shifted everything, and that can happen for anybody. So I thank her all the time for saying, we're married. I mean, it came really close, y'all. <laughs> but thank the Lord he came in at the right time. And he was like, okay, we're going to make sure this works forever. Not only am I going to make it work for you guys, we're going to make it work for everybody else. I said, come on, Lord. Who would expect that? Not us. Okay, but this is how he works. So when we're thinking about marriage, there's one verse that really comes to mind that kind of captures what I'm talking about today. It's in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in, in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. See, you don't usually share that one when it comes to marriage, but it's a great one for marriage. It's a great one for any relationship. That's why I say this might be a, a, it's a relationship series. So some of the stuff I talk about, it'll tie into any relationship you're talking about. But when it includes the winky emoji, it's only one relationship. Don't get confused. But this verse says it all. It says we're going to live it out. We're going we're to live a life worthy of our calling. It says be humble. It says be gentle. These are all things you have to do in your marriage. 
Right? It says be patient with each other. You can't even be patient for me to say another word. He's like, that was silence. Be patient with each other. Right? Because of love, make an allowance for each other's faults. That's huge. The fact that no matter what, we're going to have faults, y'all. <laughs> Some of us might have more than others. <laughs> but we all have them. And when you're in a marriage relationship, you make allowance for that. It's okay to have faults. You're not going to be perfect. Be united in the spirit, which means now we're entwined. That's that unity we talked about. Entwined in the spirit. And then binding it all together with peace. Who wants some peace? <laughs> That's what binds it all together, y'all. Peace. Peace binds it all together. So I want to pick up marriage by talking about how it's a continuous process. See, marriage is not a moment in time. It's a continuous process. It's, it's kind of like having a, a recipe. Okay, it's kind of like having a recipe. There's all these ingredients. You know, if you read your cookbook, it says you got to have all this stuff. And you just can't take all that stuff, throw it in a pot, and there's your food. There's directions. There's a process. You can't just mix it all together and expect it to be good. you got to follow all the directions, right? So, so you have to have all the right ingredients at the right amount. And if you don't, something's wrong. Right? Something comes up really wrong, <laughs> especially if you like to cook. Okay, so there's marriage ingredients that you have to have a little bit of. At least you have to have it available. So marriage ingredients, compromise, forgiveness, grace, work, Love, transparency, trust, God. These are all ingredients to this recipe that we call marriage. And you need it all, but at different levels for different things. Right? So you got to understand that. You got to understand that. You got to read through this. There's different amounts based on different situations you go through in your life. So you have to have that base. I guess you just got to base it on the situation. Then you'll know which one to apply more of. You'll understand how much you got to measure out. Be a grace, transparency. You, you get that? Like, you can't just, in some relationships, probably most relationships, you just can't give a little bit of trust. It's all the trust. You, you can't just have, you, know, you can't sit there with four cups of transparency and say, I'm only going to give you a cup. That's not going to solve anything. Right? That's not going to solve anything. It's kind of like uh, Jules and I. We've been uh, trying to watch what we eat. So we're dieting. Right? We're dieting. That's a bad word. Almost as bad as exercising. <laughs> I hate that word too. And so many bad things in our life. Who brings exercise and diets? <laughs> but, but here's what we learned. Like we were, we're trying to do, I love dessert. She loves dessert. We're like, we have to have something sweet. So what can we do? So we said, we're going to make some sugar-free pudding because it's sugar-free and it's instant. And we're like, guess what we're going to, and we, we're not going to put milk in it because if you put milk in it, it has sugar. You know, milk has all that sugar in it. So we're like, use almond milk. So we mix it all together like you would if you were making instant pudding. Put it in the fridge and it came out just as liquidy as it went in. We're like, that didn't work. Something was wrong. Like, I can't even eat that stuff. Right? So it didn't work. We, we had an expected outcome. But we had the wrong ingredients. So what stuff's going on in your relationship where you have an expected outcome, but you're not using the right ingredients to get the outcome that you really want? 
but you're expecting a different outcome. You might just shift one little thing and remove one little thing. And that's enough to make it not look like it's supposed to look. Not even appetizing. <laughs> you know, so you've got to really look at what God's doing in your life and how he wants to use things in your life. He gives you ingredients for a reason. He wants you to use them. All right, so we need, um, oh, man. I see today's going to be one of these days. So marriage is a process. Another example. It's like dancing. Marriage is like dancing. That's a process. Um, so back when I was in high school, um, in, in the late 2000s, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, honestly, like in, in, in the, the early 80s, what we used to do is, is there's like a Friday, you know, like one Friday out of every month, they would do a dance at the school. It was the Friday night dance, and you were like, yes, let's go to the dance, and you were teenagers, and it was awesome, because you'd go in and hang out with the guys over here and the girls over there, and you'd ask somebody to dance, right? And, I, and that was when dancing was easy, right? It was... Hands here, other hands on your shoulders. You're like, this is easy. We're just, we're not even dating. Like, I don't even know you. You asked me to dance and I wanted to dance. We got this, you know. And you're like, thanks for the dance. We didn't feel so awkward sitting there not dancing with anybody. And sometimes you might know them a little bit better, so you kind of pull it in a little bit. And then they come by and they say, separated, arm length. We like to say, leave room for Jesus. <laughs> you know, don't get too close. Got to let him in there, right? So that was dancing, but, but what I realized is that that was easy because you really didn't know anybody. You're not even really dating. But when you get married, the dances get a little trickier, all right? So Jules and I, um, if you didn't know, like we were so just, we grew up in church. No, we didn't. So, so just to give you an idea how this was when we met each other, I listened to rap and R&B. Come on, y'all. I, man, I got the Rayon shirts and the Adidas jacket and the shoes to go with it. Okay? My wife was heavy metal. You wouldn't expect that, would you? So, so we had two different kind of dances. Hers was the headbanging. Mine was jump, jump. Come on, Dad, let's jump. You know, I was always fired up. Uh, you know, that was me. I just wanted to dance. I just wanted to have a good time. We got married. So when you take two people that are completely opposite and you get married and now you got to live together, what you realize is that the dance changes. For us, we, we went way off board. We were like, all right, baby, we're going country. <laughs> we, we figured it was the only thing we could do, right? And we figured we'll go get our dog back and everything later, but we're going straight country. And, and we did. We, we, we started, we had to teach ourselves to two-step. Right? Because we, we like to go out. We like to two-step. So we taught ourselves how to two-step. It took a lot of practice. We were stepping on each other's toes. We were tripping over each other. But, you know, we kept practicing. We never quit. We got to the point that when we would go someplace and dance, people would stop and look. And they're like, man, those guys are in tune. That's, that's a couple that's, they got this thing going on. They can move. And it didn't stop there. We would do it in any kind of, like, like dancing, like you would go to weddings and stuff, man. We had the twirls and the spins, and we were gliding. I'm like, yeah, baby. It was, hey, 
It's romantic, y'all. So, but that's what we would do. But here's what we realized. We used to do that all the time. And then that wasn't our scene no more. Like, we, we made some changes in our life. And uh, a couple months ago, uh, we had prom night. When we, come on, we celebrated, celebrated the serve team at the church, had prom night. We had a big dance floor right here. And Jules and I got out there. I said, baby, let's two-step. We were tripping all over the place. We're stepping on each other's toes. I'm like, what did we, we hadn't practiced it in so long. We were tripping over ourselves. See, and that's marriage. See, in marriage, it takes work to get the two-step down. It takes work to glide. It takes work to be one. But if you quit working on it, what happens is when you try to do things, you start tripping over each other. And when you start stepping on each other's toes, it's a problem. It's no longer fun. When you step on each other's toes, it becomes conflict. It becomes an issue. All because you quit practicing. All because you stopped doing what you got so good at, which was moving together and, and flowing together. That's marriage. Marriage is a dance. It's a process. And you can't quit. You can't step back from that. And like I said, put it on cruise control. It just doesn't work that way. You got to keep moving. You got to keep practicing. So, so marriage is a dance. It's not a one-time thing. Okay, this is not a one-time thing where you say, well, I got them. <laughs> Guys are like, I got her. I don't know how I did it. I threw out the right lure. Boom. Back to myself. <laughs> doesn't work that way. Okay. A lot of work comes with it. So, but it does. It leads to, you know, when you do that, when you step on each other's toes, it leads to friction. It leads, leads to hurt. leads to conflict. And that's what we're going to discuss a little bit more today is conflict because there is conflict in marriage. There is conflict in marriage. Okay, and some of you understand that because you dealt with it this morning. And don't lie, I have a video camera outside in the parking lot. I can show you all the conflict that happens before you come into church that's right we got it all on camera i'm like i'm gonna call them up for prayer this morning that was prophetic lord <laughs> but think about this you guys see it all the time from how do we get the kids ready how you know i didn't sleep good you snore too much all that leads to conflict if you can't sleep just letting you know but it all it started there so this morning there's probably some people here that had some conflict and you had to make a decision you know, we're going to church. And the whole way to church, or it was silent treatment and you didn't talk at all. And then you come into church and you're everybody's friend. And your spouse is like, what? <laughs> you didn't say a word the whole way in. And now you're talking to everybody. And then you get back in the car, you're like, zip. You take right over, right where you left off. Same with the argument. You'll stop the argument, come in and say, hey, guys. We're so loving. We love everybody. Get back in the car. I can't believe. You're like, this is not a time to hit pause on the, on, on, on the, the tape cassette. <laughs> I know. Y'all don't even know what that is. But here's the thing. Conflict comes with it. Okay? Conflict, conflict comes with marriage. And it's not bad. It's not whether or not you have conflict in marriage. It's how you handle it. That's so important. Conflict will be there. You have to know how to manage conflict in your marriage. So conflict's not bad. It's actually good for you. James 1, 2 through 4. James 1, 2 through 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work 
so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's so important. Perseverance. Why do you need to persevere through conflict? So you may become mature. All right, so, so you can become mature and complete, not lacking anything. Conflict's not a time to give up and run. You just got to deal with it. How are we managing our, our, how are we managing our conflict? So why do we have conflict? This is important too. All right, we have it because we're people and we're selfish. That's why we have it. We're two different people and we're selfish. We always think that our needs are greater than the needs of anyone else. That's what that means when you're selfish. You think that it's all about you and your needs come before anything else. And that goes in any relationship that's not good, especially in marriage, it's not good. Philippians 2, 3 through 5 says, Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. That so applies to marriage. That so applies to any relationship, but really it applies to marriage. You got to remember, it's not about you. It's not about you. As a spouse, and if you have a spouse, it's not about you, it's about them. You need to reprioritize things in your life. Okay, you really do. Your spouse doesn't... Your spouse doesn't come first. God goes first. <laughs> don't, don't take this out of context. What I'm saying, though, is your spouse comes before you. And if you put your spouse before you, it changes everything. It changes everything. Okay, it's that whole thing of I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. I didn't say you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I said I'll scratch your back and you'll scratch mine. That just happens. Why? Because you're putting them first. When you put other people first in your life, especially your marriage, guess what? They will actually, in turn, do something good for you. Don't sit around and wait for the other person to do something good. Take initiative. If you sit around and wait, you might be disappointed. Because they might be sitting around waiting too. And then nobody's doing anything. So James 4.1, James 4.1 says, What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way and fulfill your own desires? Hmm. That's where all quarrels, that's where they start. It's because you have a desire to put yourself first over your spouse. I know, it gets so quiet. I love it when it gets real because people are like, but I really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is not just a, a contract. This is a covenant. You have to do your part. So you need to humble yourself. Because the battle in us will tell us to put ourselves first. Self-preservation. So it's a battle within you. A spiritual battle. Man, we can tie this all the way back in what we talked about for months. There's a spiritual battle going on inside that you need to release. 
and say, my spouse comes first. Notice I didn't say my kids come first. We'll talk about that later. Your kids don't come first. If you think so, you got it all wrong, and I'm glad you're here today. Call the office, set up an appointment, and we'll sit down and talk about that one a little more in depth. But we're supposed to love one another the way the other one needs to love. The way they want to be loved, not the way you want to love them. And this is where, this is the number one thing we talk about, you know, it, and whenever we do any kind of marriage counseling, this is the key that actually starts making things work. I, I don't know what the percentage is. Every percentage is made up, you know, 90% of the time. So if you, <laughs> I'm going to say this, like, I don't know how many people we've helped this way, but, but love languages, y'all, you've heard me talk about it a million times. It is so important. That's why it's a good refresher training. You need to hear it again. Go buy the books, invest in it. This is not just for your marriage. This is for your kids. This is for teenagers. Love languages are so important, okay? Because what love languages do, it teaches you how you love. It teaches your spouse how you love. Why? Because they they have to respond to you the way you love, not the way they love. So five different love languages. Real quick, physical touch. That's important because that's mine. So physical touch, this is, this is, um, I'll, I'll take it all out of here. It's non-sexual physical touch. That's not it though. I'm just, just saying right now, I'm not talking about that spot. But what I'm saying though, this is really good. Okay. What I'm saying is that, that physical contact for me is, that is the, that is, that's the key. Like I need to know that my wife loves me and I get that because she'll hold my hand. She'll touch me. On my arm, when we're out in public, she'll put her arm around me. That's how I feel love. If you notice, I'm a hugger. When you come in church, I hug you. Why? Because I love you, and I want to show you I love you. See how bad that is? There's some people like, quit hugging me, bro. Like, I don't want to be hugged. See, that, that happens in a marriage. So, so, my, my, so we, I have that one, physical, physical touch, and my second one is words of affirmation. So, so I, I like to hear that I'm doing okay. Like, hey, baby, can you tell me that I did a good job when I fixed the door? That would be awesome, you know. When, when I do something good, I just want a dad a boy. I mean, I don't, I don't need it to survive. It's my second one, but it is nice to hear, right? It is nice to hear. I'll take the holding hands over the dad a boy. I'm good with that. But those are my two highest ones. And the problem is that since they're my favorite one, that's how I give love, which would be great if hers was physical touch and words of affirmation. It's not. She calls my physical touch one called koala. That's the new name for it. I'm sorry. I, I like to snuggle. I like to be close. And she's like, ah! <laughs> she turns into someone like, get And I'm like, baby, I just love you. And she, I'm like, I'm showing you how much I love you. She goes, no, you're not. Wash my car. Fill it up with gas. Like, Put the dishes in the dishwasher the right way. Like, do something. Why? Because her love language is acts of service. She's like, she's like, will you do something for me that, man, that I would usually do for myself? And if you do it for me without me asking you to, and you do it right, <laughs> it'll be absolutely amazing. Which is hard for me because that's not one of mine. So I'm like, all right. So I'll, I'm like, yeah, I'll, do, I'll load the dishwasher. Then she comes in. She's like, do, 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 do. 
who loaded the dishwasher? Baby, there's only two of us in the house. It was me. Then she's in changing everything around. And she's like, that doesn't go there. That doesn't go there. And I'm just like, so now words of affirmation. I'm like, do it yourself. (laughs) See how that leads to a fight? If we understood that stuff, we would come into that conversation. And and I would just load it and I would actually do it right because she showed me a million times. If I really wanted to do it, I can take notes. I take notes all the time. I can put it on the front of the dishwasher, load it like this. Pictures, I can do all that. I'm talented. Like, I have gifts. I can figure this out, but for some reason, I just don't. So, so that's, that's her first one. Her second one is quality of time. So that's our fourth one, quality, quality time. What does that mean, quality time? It means you spend time together. And it's quality time. It's not on your phone. Not where you're like, hang on, baby, I know you're talking about something that happened at work, but hang on one second. Jimmy, from the gym, we're just talking. James is telling me I need a better workout. The whole time she's like, so he's more important than me. I get it. So that's no longer quality time. Quality time means set up time with your spouse to do something with them on a routine basis where it's just you and them and they have your full attention. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be any of that stuff. It just, we, we, we like to just go shopping or walking around, you know, flea markets. All right, whatever it is. We just like to spend time together doing something that we both enjoy and we try not to let anything come in between that. Now, does that always happen? No, because it's amazing how many church emergencies happen. And when you don't answer the phone, your text messages go off. And and I'm like, what's up? Can you pray for me, Pastor? I thought we talked about this. I taught you how to pray last Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to have time with my wife. So so we try to do that on Fridays. So if you try to reach me on Fridays, I disappear. But, But that's it. So quality time means that. That's her love language. So I have to give her quality time. And I have to give her, you know, I have to give her acts of service. That's so important. I can't give her the, the physical touch and the, and the words of affirmation thinking it's going to be great. It doesn't work that way. Okay, and the, the fifth one's gifts. And gifts are awesome. And it's not something big and expensive. It means that when I saw this little thing, it could be a pack of gum. It reminded me of you, and I wanted to get it for you. So I bought it, and I brought it home to you because I thought of you. That's a gift. Okay, it can be something expensive, so guys, you're not off the hook. <laughs> Depends on what they like. My wife likes chapstick. <laughs> but, uh, but it's neither one of ours. It's not like one of our love languages. I mean, we like to get stuff for each other, and I, I like buying her stuff. But it's not something that's an a end-all, do-all thing. Like, like, that's not it. So, but those are the five love languages, and what you really have to understand is if you understand your spouse, you can't do you for them doesn't work that way so you focus on them focus on loving them put your spouse first they get priority and if you simply focus on your spouse's love language they will focus on your love language and then guess what you just did you just resolved conflict in fact you brought peace and i just read to you what peace brings peace is what binds it all together so if you learn how to love each other the right way with the same love that the lord loves us with but you do it with your spouse the way they receive love, you have peace. That should be it, but it's not. <laughs> it should be that easy. The problem is, is that we don't, we don't operate that way. We have conflict. And we, we react differently to conflict. Right? So, so there's always these two. There's two really easy ones in conflict. You have the flight or the fight. 
And that's normal. I mean, if you've ever been in a situation where you have to make a decision, am I going to fight or am I going to run? Right? So it, it's that. But so usually most marriages have one of each. You know, you really don't want the fight fight. <laughs> that can get ugly. <laughs> but what you have is you have one person that when there's conflict, they want to stand toe to toe and go, let's just talk about it. I'm not going anywhere until it's over with. Like, we're going to solve it right here. We got five minutes. Let's go. And the other person's like, I just need time to process this. So I'm not ready to talk about it. So what happens is that one wants to talk, one doesn't. It leads to arguments. leads to frustration. It leads to conflict. You can't jump in your car and drive away. And don't stand in front of the car. She'll run you over. She'll just keep moving until you get out of the way. If not, you're checking oil real quick. <laughs> no leaks under this one. <laughs> she just went right over me. <laughs> Just telling you. But that's the two differences. You have this flight or fight. It's not toe-to-toe, blow-to-blow. you got to learn to talk. you got to learn to go through this. Because you know, what it is is what happens in a lot is you'll hear, someone decides they're going to get louder. That was me. I'm like, oh, you want to get loud? I can bark some orders now. I used to do cadence during PT. <laughs> it's fixing to get loud in the house. Because if I get loud, you'll just... You'll just walk away. And I think I won, but we didn't solve anything. All we did was postpone it. Because the whole time she's thinking, it doesn't go away until you resolve the conflict that just happened. And guess what? Time doesn't heal all wounds. You can't say, just rest on it a little bit. We will never talk about it. Really? Take a gunshot to the chest and go, we'll just wait. Time heals all wounds. Don't take me to the hospital. I don't want to see a doctor. Just wait this one out. <laughs> I don't care how fast your blood clots. That ain't going to work. You need to see a doctor. And in your marriage, when you deal with conflict, sometimes you need to go talk to somebody. There's nothing wrong with marriage counseling. Nothing. It's actually, it makes you stronger. It, it, it works out. So, I mean, this is important. You should, you should plan it. As you, as you plan your year as a couple... Plan in some counseling. <laughs> it would be amazing just to spend time with somebody else and just talk about stuff you need to talk about. Take care of the luggage. Like I said, take care of the little shovels of junk before the dump truck comes in. You'll never have a dump truck if you take care of them when it's just a shovelful. But to do that, you got to be willing to communicate. Okay? you got to be willing to communicate. And that's part of how we get through conflict. And I don't have time to talk about communication because that's a whole nother week but here's the thing <laughs> two big things that you need to do to get through conflict one don't sweat the small stuff we get so caught up with the stuff that makes no sense like why why are we even arguing about that why do we make that a point and sometimes in your life maybe your marriage is so good that it is the small things that are the big things and that's awesome I think if that's true, then that's absolutely amazing, if that's what it is. But that's not what it is for everybody. A lot of times, those little small things, it's like having a little match that you throw down, you know, in some pine straw. It's just a little fire. You decided to throw some gas on it, and next thing you know, the whole field's on fire. When you really didn't need to talk about that, choose your battle. Sometimes you just got to say, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. (laughs) Got it. You need to overlook that. You need to overlook minor offenses. 
How do you do that? It's, I have this saying I do is stimulus and response. There's always a stimulus, which is, I'll just use this because my shoes were in the back room on the floor this morning. And as I was preparing my message, I said, oh, my shoes are on the floor. Small thing. My wife would come in and say, get your shoes off the floor. They don't belong there. Small. And I could say, well, you saw them. You could just pick them up. Large. <laughs> See? <laughs> I choose not to do that. Right? That's a choice. Not worth it. I just go, yeah, baby, my bad. I will, I'm getting them. Taking them upstairs right now. Like I just set them there. Just, just took them off so I could worship in the room, put my shoes down. That's right. So there's a stimulus when you, so here's how it works is there's a stimulus, which is what sparks it. And then before you respond to it, you need to pause. In that pause, you got to say, all right, Lord, how should I respond to this? And is it that important? Like you should respond to that. <laughs> that one sounded pretty important. Just ruined my whole tag for we need children's workers. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> Man. But yes, there's a stimulus and a response. In between that, you pause and say, Lord, what should I do? How, should I re- how would you respond to this? It's a choice. And that's the small things. The next thing is don't spread the big stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't spread the big stuff. The big stuff that you're spreading, guess what that is? Something bad happens in your marriage that's bad. Nothing that God can't fix, but it's bad enough for you to go, wow, that just happened. And what a lot of people have a tendency of doing is they go, hmm, what do you do if this happens in your marriage? And it's really not my marriage. It's just somebody I really know. And it's on social media. You just spread the big stuff. A lot of people reach out to the wrong people to get answers on how they should solve something. Right? And here's the other thing. Don't go to your parents. Don't go to your family. So if you're married and you're struggling in your marriage, now this is a little different. It's hard for me to say this, but we're pastors. So my kids, if they're struggling, they come to us and we give them pastoral counseling. Works. They haven't dealt with anything major, so it's been easy so far. But here's the thing. If you go to your parents or your family, right? So if my wife did something that I didn't like, and I'm like, I can't believe she did that. And I'm going to go to my parents and be like, can you believe she did this? Like, I can't believe that she would do this. All of a sudden, they're mad. They're frustrated. Two days later, I forgive my wife. They're not forgiven. They don't forgive like we forgive. They're not close enough to forgive like we forgive. They hold on to that for years. And every time something comes up, they throw that gas bucket right on it. Don't you remember when she did this 25 years ago? I told you it was going to happen again. You should have left her back then. I don't know about your family, but that's how mine operates. But that's so serious. So you don't, you don't do that. You don't spread the big stuff, man. You know what you do? You sit down and you talk about it. You deal with the conflict. You talk about it. You apply stimulus, pause, response. You get counseling. You go talk with somebody that you can inject in the middle of it so you can get help on what you need. That's what you do because it's big. So you pray, seek God with all of your heart, and then seek wise counsel and say, hey, we we need to fix this. What can we do? Then you get back on track. And guess what? Now there's nobody else there holding the grudge but you. 
but you. So Proverbs 10, 12 says, Hatred keeps old quarrels alive, but love draws a veil over every insult and finds a way to make sin disappear. That's good. So if you, if hatred is what it is, it keeps old quarrels alive. So you can't hate, but love, love will cover it with a veil and protect it. That's what it does. So you got to choose love. You got to choose love. You got to choose love. And then when you choose that, sin will disappear. Can make, love can make sin disappear. It's amazing that you can walk in life with somebody. You can make a huge mistake and a bad choice and bad things happen, but you can love through it. Really? Yes. That's why God said when you get married, you get married. Like it's forever. Because love will cover up all offenses if you let it. But how do you get through it? You forgive and you love. So Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. And who would think that the forgiveness and love, two things you have to do and two choices you have to make. Both of those, it's a choice. You can choose to love somebody no matter what they've done to you. And you can choose to forgive somebody no matter what they've done for you. Because you understand forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. So when you forgive somebody else, it's for you. Because if you don't, if unforgiveness leads to offense. So, so when you forgive somebody, that's for you. You can ask somebody, you know, for forgiveness, and that's fine because that's for you. But when you say, I forgive you, <laughs> that's not for them. They probably won't even remember. I've said that before. That, that there's people that I thought that I offended, and I never said anything. And it just haunted me because, man... I thought I offended them, and I went for years. And when I finally met up, I'm like, I'm so sorry. They're like, for what? And I'm like, for what I, What did you do? And I'm like, seriously? It's been bothering me for years, and you don't even think about it? Yep. I let, it, I let the baggage get down on me. You know, so, so you got to forgive yourself, and you have to forgive others. And that comes first. You choose that. It's a choice every single day. Every single day. In fact, every night choose to forgive your spouse in the morning because <laughs> they're going to mess up <laughs> somewhere or another. I heard that somewhere, I think, from some smart people in the room. But, but that's it. You got to make a choice every single night and say, you know what? I forgive you. For what? For tomorrow. <laughs> what am I going to do tomorrow? Something. <laughs> every day is something. So I'm going I'm to choose to forgive you now. That's what it's all about. You, you make the choice to forgive. You make the choice to love. Because we need to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. It's not about peacekeeping. When you deal with conflict in a marriage, it's not about peacekeeping. Because what peacekeeping does is says, let's just not talk about it and keep the peace. I'll just, I'll just deal with it mentally. Uh, I, I, and if I don't say anything, now everything is going to be perfect and there's no conflict and it's going to be just fine. No, it's not. You understand that as you sweep things under the rug, what happens in your marriage, if you sweep it under the rug, is you start tripping. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger as soon as it's a speed bump in your house. And you can't walk anywhere without falling on your face. 
because you haven't pulled the rug up, took everything out and says we need to deal with it. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about conflict. So being a peacemaker means you make peace. Which means when there's a conflict, you, you make it a point that you're going to talk about it and settle it and move on and choose to forgive and choose to love. But you make peace. It's okay to confront it and talk about it. And if you can't do it together, then invite somebody in who you trust and say, we need to really talk about this and I don't know how to do it. Let them help you. Let them guide you through it. But remember, don't spread the bad stuff. People you trust is not social media. So we're going to, you know, as we go through that, as we talk about it, there's one way. I'll give you one way that, that you can walk into that conversation and make it good. You want peace? Remove two words from your vocabulary. Always and never. You know how easy it is to say, you never do that. You always leave your shoes there. No, I don't. I didn't leave them there last night. How about that? There it is. That's gas, fire. Yep, that's, why, that's why it doesn't work that way, right? Always and never. Bad words. You know how you approach that conversation? You start with what you did wrong. And you're like, what if I didn't do anything wrong? You did. I don't care if it's 0.01% of it. You will find something. Let's just go back to the shoe thing. I could, I could address that by going, oh, hey, babe, can we really talk about this? Because I am so sorry, and I know this drives you crazy, but, but man, I have this thing with leaving things out where they shouldn't belong, and I know I've talked to you before, and, but it just really bothers me, and this is why it bothers me. So could you please pick up your shoes and put them where they belong? That's not as bad as, Why'd you leave your shoes there again? You never pick up your shoes. So if you come into a conversation to resolve conflict and your first thing is, you suck. <laughs> you might as well pull out the gloves and say, all right, toe-to-toe, blow-to-blow, here we go. You can't do that. You got to come in and say, I accept responsibility for my part, no matter how small it is. <laughs> and then I, I'm going to give you a chance to accept your, your side. And if someone approaches a conflict with you like that, accept that and apologize. Ask for forgiveness and move on. Because in a marriage, the good part is when you argue. You got to make peace. <laughs> oh, man, I'm not even. I've got to end this. I might have to pick this up next week. It's time to go. <laughs> man, so, all right, so I'm not, man, there's so much good stuff to talk. I guess next week we'll pick it up. You guys good with that? So here's the thing. I don't want you to be discouraged today because some of you are dealing with a marriage right now and you're in it and you're like, man, it's all conflict and it doesn't work that way. I've tried and it doesn't work. Don't give up. Go back. Go back to the base, spiritual. If you're struggling right now in your marriage, if, if there's stuff that just is eating you up, you need to seek him with all of your heart. You need to. And don't be praying for God to change your spouse. 
Lord, heal them. Pray, pray that God changed you. God changes your heart. Put your spouse first. Try the love language thing. That's huge. We have done this. Like, people come in, they won't even sit at the same, like, they sit at opposite ends of the table. We're like, hmm, this would be a good one. <laughs> we talk about, let them talk, and then we talk about love languages, send them on their way, meet the next week, and they're like, oh, my gosh. And they're sitting next to each other, and one's rubbing the other one's back. I'm like, this one's like, oh, you're so fine. I'm like, y'all took lessons. You read the book. It's so good. It's amazing how we just need a reminder and a refresher sometimes because we get so caught up in the ways of doing things, we forget. We forget. You can come out, Monica. She's looking at me like, are we done? Way to feel the pulse of the atmosphere. <laughs> I felt like I was in one of those shows with the old exit stage left with the, <laughs> waiting for the, that was the Holy Spirit sweep. But here's the thing, if that's what you're struggling with, man, seek God first. With all your heart, ask him to show up in a mighty way. Pray for your spouse. It's okay to pray for them. But that shouldn't be your prayer. <laughs> if you just fix them, Lord, everything will be better. No. Maybe next week I'll get into the misconceptions of marriage. Because there's a lot of those. Maybe you've been searching and every relationship you've been in ended this way. Maybe it didn't end right. Maybe you're like, man, I've been married before. And what you're talking about is just about a year too late. Now what do I do? Well, guess what? Same thing. Spiritual. Seek God with all your heart. And I guarantee if you do that, when you go into the next relationship, it'll be blessed. There'll be a blessing in that you're going to seek him first you're going to put him first and as you both seek him together right you only draw closer to each other and then learn you know we gotta it starts in prayer get counseling if you need counseling look call the church we i will tell you this it's funny when we started this i i told miss Rhonda, i said get ready usually what happens is my schedule gets full it's getting full <laughs> So get on it quick. I'll make time. But get on it quick or I'll be going to counseling because i got to spend time with my wife. Love y'all. And we have small groups coming up. So I'll turn that one over to Will and Monica. <laughs> and the marriage small group. I'll say, you just need to go to the small group and see what works. But that's it. Love your spouse the way they're supposed to be loved. Seek peace in all things. And put God first we can do that, I can get you moving forward. Okay, because God wants to move mightily in your marriage. He brought you together. He wants to see it work. And we just forget to let him in. We just forget to give him the right to do that. Why? Because we get so caught up with what the world thinks marriage is all about. For them, it's, well, if it gets rough, just walk away. You can do it again. It's not an answer. Not an answer. So marriage can be messy. It can be. But man, we can make it neat and we can clean it up and we can surrender it to God and he'll do everything he can. He could use your marriage that's so destroyed in a way it would shock you. It would shock you. Just by saying yes. 
So I know there's hurt in the room. I know that. So I want to pray with you. I know the worship team is going to come out. I really do feel like we, you know, if you want to stay, we're, I'm going to have the prayer partners up here. Um, I don't know what God wants to do, and it might break out into worship, and you can leave, and if you feel the Holy Ghost moving at that point, then you can stay. But I'm really concerned about relationships. It's so important that we get this right. It's foundational. Okay? It's foundational. So every head bowed, every eye closed. Because I know this. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your marriages. I'm going to ask God to come in and, and, and do what only he can do. But if that's you, if you say, you know, and I'm not saying like, hey, we're struggling in marriage. What I'm saying is, guess what? We can get better. We can make it better. Can you just raise your hand if you think we can make it better? Like I can do anything to make my marriage better. I can do anything. Come on. Father, you see the hands. You see the hearts, Father. Come on, Lord. Touch them, Father. Come on, Father, have your way in their marriages, Father. I ask you to heal up any broken wound, any mend it all, Father God. We pray for healing in that right now. Any conflict, Lord, give them the ability to talk their way through it, to, to deal with it, Father. Father, we ask you that you be the glue that brings them all together, Father, that you bring the marriage back together. So, Father, I ask you to bless their marriages, bless their relationships. Open their eyes to a new way, your way. Open their eyes, Lord. Let them remember who you are and what you've done in their life. So, Father, we just pray for that. We pray for the healing. We pray for strength in marriage and willingness to talk and communicate. So, Lord, touch them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. You guys get something out of this today? Come on. I love, love relationships. Um. I want to invite the prayer teams forward because this isn't just for relationship. Prayer is important, y'all. Like, like, I don't want you leaving here today without prayer. Can I just have everybody stand to your feet? Because this is really important. Our prayer partners are up here. We want to pray for anything. That's important. We'll pray for anything. If God's moving today on what we just talked about, then come get prayer for that. There's strength in numbers in this house. And we have prayer partners that, that absolutely love you and they, they, they want to pray for you and, and they want to see God move in your life. But here's the thing. There's some people in here that you can't let them move in your life because you haven't welcomed them into your life. You haven't decided to make that decision to say, Lord, I need you. I need you. You fought it over and over again. You thought you might have done it, but ah, maybe not. You might have said a prayer sometimes when you were a kid and thought, well, I said that prayer. I assume then that, that, that I'm saved. You're like, saved from what? Well, the consequence of sin. The penalty for sin's death. And Jesus paid that price for you. If you'll welcome him into your heart. If you'll allow him to lead your life. So I want to pray for that right now. My prayer is not going to do it, but my prayer is going to activate the Holy Spirit to start moving in your life. You got to make a decision in your heart. And if it's today, that's great. And we have prayer partners down here. They want to pray with you. They want to talk with you. But you know, you can't expect God to do all these things we talked about unless you give him free reign in your life to do that. So let's just pray together. Father, we love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. 
Father, you see the hearts once again in this room. You know those, Father, that are, that are seeking something better than what they have, and it's you, Lord. It's you. So right now, Father, come on, Holy Spirit, touch them right now. Father, touch their heart right now. Give them the courage to come talk to somebody. Give them the courage to, to take that, that leap of faith to trust you with everything they have. So, Father, seek them out right now. Come on, Holy Ghost. Seek them out right now. So, Father, we surrender that to you. Father, we ask you to, to move in their lives, move in their families. We love you, Lord. Man, we just worship you today. We give you all the praise, all the honor this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, y'all. You already standing. Let's worship a little bit. I love you guys. I look forward to seeing you next week. And if you need prayer, don't miss out on it. We're up here for you.
Receive the glory. Receive the glory. 